He's amused Cam Newton. Just ask that question. <laughs> He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, what you have scheduled this game. He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go, Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. I see, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. We're live, day two, ACC kickoff in Charlotte. And this is something I wrestle with, whether or not to open things up with a big-time great guest or to just open with some type of monologue, some takes something that we normally do when we're not in an event like ACC kickoff in Uptown Charlotte. And what I decided, people like guests. And yesterday it was Scott Satterfield right out of the shoot, reminiscing on Appalachian State days. And right now it is the pride of Winston-Salem America on a station that bears call letters that I know means a lot to him. It is the new host of an ACC Network afternoon show that will debut next month called ACC PM. It's the great Mark Packer that's joining the show to kick off things on a Thursday drive. How are you? I am great, Josh, and it's always good to be home in Winston-Salem. That is my birthplace. I love it. Get back as often as I possibly can. And for folks that were excited about uh, Scott Satterfield. This is a step down from 24 hours ago, but nevertheless, I will do my best to entertain in the next 10 minutes. When you think WSJS, you think what? I think Glenn Scott. Gene Overby. Gene Overby. Bottom for the Demon Deeks from yesteryear. Uh, I think Moravian Sugar Cake, because I could go for some right now from Old Salem or <laughs> Dewey's Bakery or going down Stratford Road and looking at the Hot Donuts Now sign and my days of being a host at the Putt-Putt right across from Haynes Mall uh, where I'd always look for the good-looking girls and figure out are they using a red, yellow, blue, or green ball and then switching the lights behind the counter and making sure if they had a hole-in-one, they had to come back to this counter to get their free token. That's what I think <laughs> of when I think of WSJS. Have we gone full circle of that or not? Oh, that is pretty full circle. What's your vision for this new show? Uh, I think it's going to be more football. It'll be very different than Packer and Durham. Uh, th- there's a big difference between doing a morning show and an afternoon drive show. It will be more football-centric uh, than the first show. We'll still have great guests. Uh, it'll be edgier than the morning show. Again, I think when people wake up at 7 a.m., they want to get some sports news. They want to kind of ease into the day. They don't need people screaming at each other, and this is the hot take, and let me throw something up against the wall. So the morning show is more of a, hey, you're hanging out with us in the basement with dogs, and we're just going to get you into the day, except that you might have missed from the night before. But uh, the afternoon show will be much edgier than the morning show. What do you say to people who think ACC Paul Feinbaum, that's what we should expect from Mark Pat? Well, I'm totally different than Paul. I mean, Paul um, likes to, to rip stuff up left and right. I, it's not really my style, but I will go after something if it bothers me. Uh, we are very different. I know Paul a little bit. Um, but, you know, the, the SEC is in a different position than the ACC. I mean, our job is not to go after the Southeastern Conference. Our job in the afternoon is to promote the Atlantic Coast Conference. That's our sole number one priority. It's not to make somebody look bad or stab somebody bad. It's not my style to begin with. So uh, what I'm hoping for is that the brands of the ACC start to develop again. If NC State can have a great year, awesome. If Dave Clawson continues his magic in Winston-Salem in Switzerland, 
tremendous. But the league needs, needs desperately for the Miamis and the Florida States and the Virginia Techs, the brands, if you will, to get back to being national relevant. Mark Packer with us here. I try to convey when you're at events like this, you can kind of get the sense of a buzz that maybe you, you hear rumblings of things that you want it when you're not together, that you don't get on the Internet and other places. And I try to convey that when I'm at events like this. And the thing that I keep hearing that I did not hear upon arrival prior to this is a guy named Cade Klubnick potentially being a player for Clemson this year. I know DJ Uwe Ungalale was here, but I'm being told by folks that this might be a guy you see getting some series and non-blowout games, game one, series three or four, and I didn't think it was that far along the quarterback room at your alma mater might be something that might be as competitive right out of the gate as it looks to be. I think if we're going to talk Clemson specifically, I, I think you're right. I think that storyline will emerge early, as in week one. Uh, I think DJ Tag, you're it. You're going to be the starter. Good luck. That defense is going to be filthy good. It may be as good as any defensive team Dabo's had, and they've had great ones. Wow. Uh, that defensive line is deep, and I think they're going to be more athletic on the linebacker position, even though they lost guys from a year ago. So all they need is consistency at quarterback. They don't need to be great. If they're great at quarterback, they're going to win the national championship. Because people might think, is this like Trevor and Kelly Bryant? No. It's not fair to compare Cl no. Cade to Trevor. He's not Trevor. Right. But there's a chance DJ might not be Kelly Bryant. So right. if you're looking at that, right. maybe there still is a chance that it could play out similarly as it did a few I, years I ago. I think that's spot on. And it's ironic that really where that whole storyline changed was when Trevor Lawrence ignited against Georgia Tech. Mm -hmm. Who does Clemson open with? Georgia Tech on the road. Ta-da, here we go. That's why I think in week one, uh, DJ's got to play well. I, I don't think Clemson has time to waste at quarterback because you look at the schedule, September 24th, road trip to Winston-Salem. The week after, NC State in Death Valley. Clemson needs to have that quarterback question answered early. So I don't think Dabo has time to go, well, we could go three, four games into it. And if it's not working out, we can switch. I, I think he understands what's at stake. I think DJ does too. I got Clemson in the Atlantic. Do you? I do. Okay. Uh, I think NC State's going to be terrific. Wakes the defender. I think all three of those teams are legit top 15, top 20 teams. Clemson, I think, could be really special with consistency at quarterback. I think NC State's certainly good enough to win uh, the ACC title for the first time since 79. But if you're telling me today, uh, mid-July, who do I pick? Uh, NC State's got to prove they can win in Death Valley. They haven't done that in 20 years. Clemson hasn't lost to Wake Forest 13 straight. I have to lean Clemson. I'm going to wear this as a badge of honor. We were at this event last year. 155 or so people voted on the preseason poll. I was the only one that picked Pitt. And Pat Narduzzi looked at me today. He didn't remember my name, but he was like, you're, you're the guy who picked us. Let's get a picture. I'll retweet it. <laughs> That's Pat Narduzzi. I there hasn't been a repeat champ in the Coastal in 15 years, and that was Virginia Tech in 2007-2008. I, I, I can't pick Miami, the, the Coastal champ. The media has gotten it wrong eight of the last 11. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to be the preseason pick. I'm going with the Tar Heels to win the Coastal. Who do you like? Uh, I do not like North Carolina. Uh, I, I think Max guys will bounce back after what was, let's be honest, a really disappointing year last year. Preseason top 10, finish sub 500, lose the Mayo Bowl right here in our backyard. Uh, I, I am going to pick Miami, uh, but I think for folks that believe, ah, oh, Pitt, hey, they lucked out. They didn't luck out. That no. was a good football team last year, and they had a great quarterback. Uh, I got to see what they got to have at quarterback. I think today in July, if I'm allowed to change my mind, 
I'll go with the team with a better quarterback. I think Miami is in a better position in their quarterback room than Pitt. They get the edge, but I think those are the two best teams. So great to meet you face-to-face -face again. Mark Pleasure. Packer, you're always welcome in your hometown. I'll Phone save call. some Deweys for you next oh, time. Oh, dude, you can't save Deweys, man. You can't save Deweys <laughs> unless you order double. That that's, place is awesome. That's Mark Packer. You're awesome. Be good, man. head coach of Duke football is a guy that we're quite familiar with here in the triad. It is Mike Elko, who spent, let me make sure I get my math right here, coach, a dozen years a with dozen. Dave Clawson? Yeah, an even dozen. Yeah, it was over, over uh, a 15-year period. Yeah, at Wake Forest, Bowling Green, and Richmond. Yeah, yeah, we, we were talking about it. The first year I worked with Dave, I had my first son, and uh, we just put him into college this year. That's incredible how tight you guys are. So when you look at the possibility or actually the reality of having to go head-to-head -head with Dave every single year, how crazy do you think that's going to be when you finally line it up and you guys are on opposite sidelines? Yeah, it, it'll be weird for sure. Uh, you know, we played the one year at Notre Dame, and that was just uh, that was really hard because I was so attract, attached to all the guys on the roster at that point too. Um, now it's just kind of the coaches, um, and so we've done that before. But, you know, it, it'll be awkward to see him on the other sideline for sure. And you almost, you almost got it in the bowl game too. Yeah, almost, almost. I, I got out, and then Texas A&M got out, and, you know, and it never really materialized. I wanted to ask you, because the story came out last week, the Athletic re-hit re, uh, a lot of this wakey leak stuff. And I just wonder, from your perspective, like – were you surprised how little fanfare that got nationally for how big of a breach that was relative to how tight-knit the coaching community yeah, tends to be? Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, obviously that was an enormous deal that went on for a long period of time, and uh, it was like it, it splashed a little bit, and then it just kind of faded away. And so um, it was nice for the athletic to kind of bring it back to light because, you know, obviously that was a pretty big deal. Yeah, and you say obviously – it's been going on for a long time. I don't think that was obvious to a lot of people, even in the triad, based on how it was reported initially, and then you see in the athletic. I mean, folks at Wake were hinting at more than three teams had this, right. and it was more than just one season. That's the way you guys felt too, right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly the feeling we had on it. And, uh, you know, when it, when it all came to light, you certainly, you know, start connecting dots and, and you, you assume things. Um, you know, but but that's that's a time in the past, and, and you know, I'm just glad it I'm glad it got the attention it deserved. Mike Elko is with us here, Duke football coach. I shared heartbreaking news with you the last time we visited that your favorite spot in Winston Bibbs had the doors closed a few years ago. I got the okie doke earlier this week. I, I got out of church. I saw the sign was still up. They were on Fifth Street, I believe, in downtown yeah. Winston. Like a dummy, I got out of my car, got out hoping that it was going to be revitalized. But alas, it's not. It's still not a thing up there. But that was your spot. Yeah, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed Bibbs. That was, that was really good barbecue. And uh, that was really the first time we had been in a southern location and gotten good barbecue like that. And so that place just kind of always stuck with us. Did you finally get a chance to sit down? with Coach K the way that you wanted to? You said that was something that you, you wanted to do. You know, I, I still think that's coming. You know, I think he took the took the hiatus when the season ended and, 
I think him and Mickey have kind of been enjoying retirement a little bit and, and getting out and doing their thing. And, um, you know, it's still crazy. I think uh, up until you finish your first year, you're just running crazy. So it'll be nice you know, next offseason to do some of those things. You're going to get asked a lot about realignment today. But I just want to know, when you took the job at Duke, one of the things you talked a lot about is just the brand of the Block D and how it's a national brand, Duke University. It reminds me of something that Mac Brown said a year ago. Regardless of what direction this thing goes, North Carolina's going to be fine because of that brand. Yeah. Somebody's going to want that. Yeah. Does that give you assurances as you move into the future of regardless of how this shakes out, Duke University is going to be fine? I, I believe so. You know, I believe what we have and, and what we represent is very strong. I think we've got to continue to make sure we're doing the right things in our football program because that's certainly the sport that seems to be driving a lot of these decisions right now. And um, I think if we continue to do the things we're doing right now and, and watch it come to fruition, I think we'll be in a really good spot. Tell me about some of the strategizing and roster building you guys have done early on. I know how big of a decision it was for Dave when he got to Wake Forest. We're going to redshirt kids. We're going to redshirt things so that way we're going to get older, but it's going to take more time to do so. What were some of those conversations you guys had about how to correctly roster build to give you guys the best chance? Yeah, I think football has changed a little bit in the last eight years. You know, I don't know that anybody really wants to hear conversations about roster building in the future. I think everybody wants to hear, you know, we're going to get after this thing as quick as we can. And so, you know, we were able to go out and add seven kids in the portal. And uh, I think what we're trying to do is just have a, a, an eye on the now that, that also doesn't sacrifice the future, and uh, that's what we're doing. In basketball, we saw a bad Virginia Tech team quickly become good with Mike Young in two years. Steve Forbes at Wake Forest, not so good in year one, pretty good in year two. And those coaches have told me the transfer portal, what you're talking about in the last eight years, allows for some of these newer regimes, newer programs that aren't really good to accelerate that rebuilding process is the same true in football you yeah think? i think so i think i think you know when we got to wake the only thing that could make you older was time um, there was no portal there was no open avenue to try to get older i, I do think now um, you can find ways to supplement your roster uh, maybe you add some depth maybe you add a starter here maybe you replace a guy that, that didn't turn out to be what you hoped he was um, it's just something you can take advantage of i think to get things spinning quicker last thing for you be honest with me did you enjoy watching that Jimbo press conference where he was firing off the way he was? <laughs> Everybody wants to know about that. I, uh, I, I, I don't tell want people, to get you in trouble, I, know, but I did tell you people enjoy this. it? I tell people this. This is the honesty. I, I, both of those guys are extremely competitive and extremely <laughs> calculated. And so there's not a piece of me that thinks Jimbo actually flied off the handle. I think he knew exactly what he was doing and exactly the message he was sending. And, uh, you know, I just think both those guys want what's best for their program. How many times in the last few years did Jimbo fly off the handle directed, directed at Mike Elko for some reason? I don't remember. Can't okay. remember. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. Mike Elko, I hope you don't have to fly off the handle at all this year at Duke. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. Welcome back on in the triad, and welcome on here in ACC Kickoff Uptown Charlotte. Thanks yeah, for spending appreciate, the time. appreciate you having me on. It's great seeing you again. That's Mike Elko joining us here at ACC Kickoff. Let's move the headsets off of him and put them on to Darren. He's eating some food. And uh, I actually want your thought on something that happened last night. So, 
the day after the All-Star game is the Major League Baseball All-Star game. Always seem to be the slowest day on the sports calendar. Except when you're an ACC media member and you got kickoff and right down the road, less than a half mile away from the building we currently sit, Chelsea FC is playing against Charlotte FC. It's an exhibition that happened last night. There was a 70-minute lightning delay, which prevented some from getting into the building altogether. But once people did, Christian Pulisic, Chelsea played its actual, like, roster. Like, its actual they, – they played their stars. Love that. Sterling, Love Pulisic. That. Pulisic scored. First time he did it in America, on American soil in a long time. And then in the 90th minute, Charlotte FC knotted up the match. They eventually won in PKs. Our friend, Willie P. Pelagic, who does some talk radio in Charlotte, he's the voice of Charlotte FC on the radio. We've had him on this show. We've got some of his play-by-play calls of the big moments. And I always joke with Willie P., man, when something big happens, your voice cracks all the time. So when he was leaving yesterday here, I said, no voice cracks tonight, right? He goes, no promises on that. You're a play-by-play guy. I want you to put your analyst hat on, see how Willie P. did. This is how it sounded when Charlotte tied the match in the 90th minute against Chelsea FC on a penalty kick. It's Daniel Rios, the 27-year-old Mexican, that try and equalize against Chelsea in stoppage time, down 1-0. It's Rios from 12 yards out against Edward Mendy. Waiting, Rios takes a deep breath, awaits the official's words. Rios approaches, shoots, score! Daniel Rios has equalized against Chelsea! <laughs> yes. Love it. Willie, I love it. He was, man, he went up like four octaves. I, by the way, had not heard that call, uh, had not seen the highlights. So I, A, didn't realize it was Daniel Rios, former member of North Carolina FC. So I've called some Daniel Rios goals myself filling in for their games love that guy uh no I think uh, you said no voice cracks right I think that can be sort of an overblown portion of play-by-play like Will cares that, oh he does you cannot question whether or not the guy calling that moment cares he because, was wearing Charlotte FC gear today <laughs> because his voice was up so high not that he's even trying to get that, but it's just he's he's projecting as he normally would in a moment he's really, really excited about. That's an English Premier League team visiting this brand-new MLS squad, and they got it in PKs. I loved it. That's great. That's just the tie of the match. Went to extra penalty kicks in an exhibition. Here's what the winner sounded like. Camille Josviak, 23-year-old Polish DP for Charlotte FC, with a chance to secure a win on penalty kicks against the former European champions. From the 12 yards out, Josviak approaches, shoots, he scores! The crowd belongs to Charlotte! And Camille Josviak, they wanted DPs, we gave them PKs! A tie's not good enough, a win feels just as good. I, I will say this, each for each penalty kick there, Will does a great job setting it up and building up. Oh, he does the the drama. Will's good at what he does. You got to mimic the energy of of the place. And if I'm going to be critical, though, be critical a little bit. I'm not a big catchphrase guy. I'm not. 
The crown belongs to Charlotte. I see what he's doing there. And I say this as well as someone who went to East Carolina. They have a play-by-play -play guy who always says, you can paint this one purple when ECU wins games. Not a big, not a big fan. Just not a big fan Does of Does he do races. that every win? I don't know. If he, if he does it every win, I'm with you. If it was a spur of the moment. Like a John Forslund, hey, hey, what do you say kind of thing? Or, yeah, or, I, or Mike Breen, bang! I have mixed feelings. See, bang is for particular moments. It's not bang. like a win, right? Um, hey, well, hey, WD, what do you say? WD, you got a good uh, Mike Breen bang impression? Uh, let's see here. Bang! <laughs> bang! <laughs> that's, that's all right. You just yell bang. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's not that hard. Good stuff from yeah. Charlotte FC. Who's going to win ACC Player of the Year? We'll discuss that with Kelly Gramlich. And she's kind of nervous about playing unusual questions. I told her not to be. I just saw her. I was like, look, it's, it's laid back. It's going to be fun. I told her the fun. opposite. She'll be great it's at it. It's not going to be laid back and fun, <laughs> and you should be nervous. We'll see how it goes next. Places, everyone. Come on, places, please. We're ready. Get your morning off to a great start with Jeffrey Griffin on Triad Today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. This is going to be fun. We're here at ACC kickoff. We remind you, Budget Blinds, a place you need to go because they're helping us get to places like ACC kickoff this week. North Winston, Mount Airy, BudgetBlinds.com. They have an expert design team. We've been telling you about them for a while. They sponsor the Big Four, which is on the way. Five-star reviews. The Works, BudgetBlinds.com. Make sure to visit our friends there, Stephen Mack specifically. East Coast Wings has a special this week. That if you order any item and say my name at the Greensboro or Kernersville location, you get a free basket of chips. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'd telling like, you. I'd, like, okay, I'd like a half dozen wings. Josh Grant. <laughs> Josh Grant. What were we saying about the uh, jazz hands? Jazz hands are not right. They're optional. They're optional. I think preferred. we need to get with. We preferred. Need, preferred. We need to get with East Coast Wings and get them to wrap in another item, menu item, for the use of jazz hands, right? Oh. Like chips, if they say your name, you know what? Here's a half dozen wings it if might you be, use the jazz it hands. It might be fries if you get the jazz hands. Yeah, that's good. Okay, that's yeah. good. I like that. Potentially. I'll have to work on that. Sales staff members are probably losing their minds right now. <laughs> Specifically <laughs> chips. <laughs> We're giving things away on their behalf. That's not good business. I'm not being a pro right now. Darren Vott's here. We got Kelly Gramlich from – Gramlick and McLean, the great ACC podcast. She's joining us, our buddy. We're going to play unusual questions in a bit. I'm ready. But before we get to unusual questions, okay. I have a very usual question to ask given the setting here. ACC Player of the Year. Ooh. I did a show earlier today that was a gambling show, so a betting show. I don't know what the preferred nomenclature is. And – I look at the list of like odds they have for future ACC Player of the Year. Sixteen to one for Sam Hartman, like sixth or seventh down on the list. And I just submitted my vote, my poll for the ACC preseason. Got Clemson in the Atlantic, North Carolina in the Coastal. Sam Hartman to win Player of the Year, and I didn't think it was that controversial at all. And I'm wondering what you, where where your mind goes first when you start thinking of the subject. I think it goes to Sam Hartman pretty early. I think Sam, Hart Sam Hartman, Devin Leary are both at the top of mind. Now, the thing with both of those guys and why I like what you're saying, Josh, is because Hartman's numbers are most likely going to be 
gaudier than Devin Leary's. Mm -hmm. Devin Leary, he's not going to throw picks. That's what he does. He takes care of the football. But he's probably not going to have 50 total touchdowns like Sam Hartman did last year. So if Hartman can do that again with the wide receivers that he has, with how much they ask of him in that offense, with how fast they play, how many possessions they'll have, I, I could definitely see Sam Hartman winning ACC player. Of the and year. they don't have to win the Atlantic because if Clemson wins it, right. we hear so much about Clay, Cade Klubnick, which is something we brought up mm -hmm. with Packer earlier. I didn't realize till I got here how real of a thing that was. Oh, yeah. It's very real. And if that's split, <laughs> if that playing time split, mm -hmm. then perhaps the Clemson quarterback isn't going to win. And if you're going to think quarterback for that type of an award, mm -hmm. well, I look at Hartman over Leary because – Leary loses Ike Aquanu at left tackle. He loses his best receiver from last year. He loses two running backs. While Hartman gains who was supposed to be his best receiver from last year and Donovan Green who missed out, A.T. Perry, and they'll still be fine at running back because they rotate so many guys. And the O-line remains solid. Yeah. So that's, that's my case for Hartman, who's a little bit more proven than the Tyler Van Dykes mm -hmm. and certainly the Ked and Slovises of the world. The other quarterback that I think would really need to be in that consideration, and I'm assuming he's probably higher than Hartman in the Vegas odds, is Tyler Van Dyke. Yes. And I just had him on our podcast. I was impressed with him in that he's almost, and I know, look, Cristobal's taken over at Miami. It's a, it's a different Miami already with the seriousness that Cristobal brings. Tyler Van Dyke, if you would guess where does he play football, you would not guess Miami. Mm -hmm. he, has, he has almost no flash about him. He told me he was so glad to see the turnover chain go. He's all business. He was low-key dressed like a stockbroker today, like very serious, no flash with his uh, suit. And if certain playmakers can emerge, if they can find some go-to wide receivers down there, and if they win the Coastal, you'd have a TVD-Sam Hartman discussion. And if Wake doesn't win the Atlantic, that's where perhaps TVD could get the nod. The other person I'd keep an eye on just because – I think if we're looking at a Clemson player winning it, if they win the Atlantic, I think it's Will Shipley. Yeah. Mm. North Carolina. Not uh, whoever the quarterback is, because I do think there will be a, some sort of splitting time there. All right. That's a very good answer to a usual question. Now we play unusual uh -huh. questions with our friend Kelly Gramlick. Last week, guys, everybody made it out that I got mad at Josh and I left the press conference. That's not right. I thought it was an unusual question, and it's okay. It's time for Unusual Questions with Josh Graham. That Roy drop never gets old. <laughs> Kelly Gramlich, I'll let Darren Vaught show you how it's All done right. to get okay. things started. Where yeah. are we beginning? And you could tweet us at WSGS Radio or at Josh Graham Radio if you like as we get things started on Unusual Questions. All right, so I begin things. I was looking at some of the, mm. the ACC imaged uh, logoed things sitting around us here at ACC kickoff. And I noticed earlier, Kelly, that the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is a thing. Rather oh, yeah. than the Frosted Flakes Bowl. Why is it not the Frosted Flakes Bowl? That's not my question. But it brings it brings to mind, because I think they're smart in doing this, Tony the Tiger is almost a bigger brand than Frosted Flakes. Okay. Therefore, my question is, who is the goat cereal mascot? Okay, I'm going to look up cereal mascots. Wow. That's a, okay, that's good. The captain. Do, do we count? I think the, this might be the right Do we count it right because she worked in the TAI because no, it's no, Captain no, Crunch? No, 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 no. Oh, ca <laughs> it is Captain Crunch. That's captain right. Crunch. That's right. Captain. That's not even the I right I don't know person. a Captain Crunch. As B. I don't would know. say, oh. we are Captain here. I, the Fruity Pebbles, does that count? The Flintstones. 
Because oh. they would be the most noteworthy. But they're they, so much more than they Flint. are. Right, but they do they count? But ah, uh, that's a good. Because I mean, look, the Flintstones are like ubiquitous. WD, I need a they're ruling. Everywhere. WD, I need a ruling. Do the Flintstones count? Yes, they have to. Okay. Yeah. I think the Flintstones trump. I don't know Tony, that they do. The I don't know that they do. How but about do the Fruit Loop Toucan? The Captain. Wow. The Captain. Tricks Rabbit. I like the Rabbit. Tricks Rabbit. I think he's in the mix. Oh yeah. Toucan Sam. Fruit Loops. Wow. Toucan Sam. Yeah, Count Chocula might be a bit underrated. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, sneaky good pick. If the yeah. Okay, you've heard a lot of names, WD. What do you think? <laughs> well, <laughs> mine was stolen because I was gonna go with Captain Crunch. Thank you. There All we right. go. Yeah. So, okay, Kelly Graham, like I think, is gonna win this one. I do yeah. love Peanut Butter Crunch. That's my favorite. Oh, of that the is Captain a Crunch very franchise. underrated yeah. cereal. That's a I great cereal. Kelly Graham, like. Sorry, hold on. I'm, I just, I'm just naming cereals now. Uh, they did the Oops All Berries. You guys remember that? Yeah. When it was the Cap'n Crunch. Too much. Like the Crunch Berries. Oh, but it was just, it the, was berries? just no. the berries? It was just the berries? No, didn't like that? Um, it's, mm. I like The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, but then when they did Love is Blind right. on Netflix, it was just too <laughs> right. far. And that's what Oops All Berries is. It's good to have some berries, but you just keep pushing it a little too far. <laughs> you went too far. <laughs> Kelly Gramlick, what's your unusual question today? Okay, so I think for some reason when I thought of unusual questions – I somehow got to a would you rather situation. Love Please. it. Love it. But if that works, we'll go with it. No, we love it. it. We, we can't it. probably okay. play FMK on the radio. No, 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 so no this not is that. good. Not this that. is good. This is uh, very tame. <laughs> but it has to do with ACC kickoff. If okay. you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yesterday, did you each, this is not the question, but did you have one of the cookies that was here yesterday? Yes. All the sugar oh, yeah. cookies. Oh, yeah. Legend. The infamous sugar cookies. They're she very. Her, she leaves her like rich. card. She leaves yes. her like card. I want to They're very rich sugar cookies. I had one. Did you have any of the Bojangles? Chicken tenders today. I, was I got eating some it. in front of me. Right I was now. eating it when you walked over. Creamy yeah. buffalo question. sauce. Yeah. Would you rather eat? I'm trying to figure out which number I want to go with. <laughs> twenty of those sugar cookies, or twenty oh of those Bojangles tenders, and you can dip in that new creamy buffalo sauce if you'd like, because that is delicious. It's either do you like <laughs> one more, or which one do you think you can? Stomach more of because that's a totally different question. No. Okay, all right. So just would you rather? Well, yeah, you can would you interpret rather? it in your own way. I'm gonna go the cookie because that's ACC kickoff to me. It's more uh, special. Nostalgic. It's like more eventful. Um, you're do, I'm wait, fine you're with doing the bows. I'm fine with the bows. I love bows. They know that. But I'm gonna go with the sugar cookie. Mm, interesting. I think no. I think I'm doing 20 of the the chicken tenders. Could you eat 20 Supremes? Yeah. See, the cookie, uh, you couldn't get 20 in me. Yeah, I ate two, and I was done. Exactly. I'd yak after five, probably. You are exactly what I'm thinking. Right. I, I can't do 20. Those cookies are amazing. They are. I love the cookies. But they are so rich. Yeah. If I had to eat 20, I would be donezo. Here's that would be terrible. I don't even know if this is unusual, but I'm still going to ask it. Who's the best dressed person here? Last couple days. We've now seen the complete gauntlet. I didn't want to ask it right, yesterday EJ, because EJ I feel like I'd be okay. selling the EJ Coastal. Manuel is pulling off sweatpants right now on TV. <laughs> joggers. Is that right? right? Yeah, they're joggers. Formal joggers. By the <laughs> way, we joggers. are right in the line of fire. I still get a bunch of texts from people saying, hey, are you eating on television? And you say, yes, of course. I am, <laughs> but I didn't choose to be. Asking? I didn't choose to be. Like right now, the red light is right on so me right EJ, now on the Network. EJ always brings the fire. No, he looks great. I am partial to my co-host, Eric McLean, even though today I told him he's wearing some muted tones, and 
I don't think that's the best look for him. Yeah, yeah. I might go with Malik Cunningham from yesterday. Wow, that's yes. not, that's not the, the first quarterback suit. that came to mind. Red suit I versus like Sam Hartman's Peaky Blinders oh, yes, and DJ Uyunglele's Jesus like chain. See, and Hartman's outfit was it was classy. No, it was clean. It the was hat good. was a nice touch, but the full fit, I think I'd go Malik. I was disappointed in Sam. Anytime he sat down for an interview, the hat came off. Yeah, why? Is I'm that like, just, lean in, man. Is that lean just in. courtesy? Take my hat off of the table? I don't know. I don't know. But I, I wish he would have kept it because anytime I saw him actually doing an interview, which are the, the photo ops, mm -hmm. he, had the, he had the hat off. Yeah. It was a nice touch, though. It was good. Tell us where people can find your show, Kelly Gramlick. Yes, Gramlick and McLean, Apple Podcast, uh, at Sirius XM Channel 371, on all of the Internet. And, yeah, anywhere. Just Google it. Find us. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> she just pulled the Chris Carter. Google me. <laughs> Google me. <laughs> Three. You're on the air. Wake up with Jeffrey Griffin and Triad today. Weekday mornings at 7. Now back to The Drive with Josh Graham. The quarterback of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons is Sam Hartman. He is a Charlotte kid. We are in the Queen City, Uptown Charlotte at ACC kickoff. And Sam, I remember last year when we were visiting at this event, you were telling us about some of the camaraderie in the league among quarterbacks. I don't really think it's up for debate that this conference has the best collective group among guys who are here like Brendan Armstrong, yourself, DJ Uwe, Ungalale, Devin Leary. These are many guys that were at the Manning Passing Academy, weren't they? Yeah, no, we, uh, you know, you get to, you know, get around these guys as much as you can. Obviously, a lot of them are very successful and, um, uh, you know, do a great job at their position. And uh, I think one of the, you know, big things I've, I've said a couple times today is just um, they kind of know what you go through on a day-to-day -day basis. And, um, you know, they're, the, you know they're, the, they're your biggest competitor, but also can be your biggest companion. And, um, I think I've I've enjoyed you know getting to know guys and you know DJ and I trained together out in uh, LA and um, obviously met a lot, a lot of them at the Manning Passing Academy where you kind of get to know um, who they really are you know you see a lot of guys on TV or meet them after a game and you're like you know you don't really get a read but um, you know you got, we got a great group of guys in this you know the entire conference and, and both sides of the division it's um, it's a special a special deal and um, I'm, I'm excited for them just you know hopefully. You know, against us, they don't play so well. Relating to other quarterbacks, it's something that you said you really got a lot out of last year at the Manning Passing Academy following the bowl game against Wisconsin. And I remember Coach Clawson said, when you threw the pick against Louisville and you were able to flush it immediately, go on that drive to win the game, that showed an example of your growth. What's something you want to see growth in from last season to this one as expectations are really put on this team? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's always just taking steps in the right direction and one, one foot forward at a time. Uh, you know, there's going to be mistakes. There's going to be bad games, bad plays, bad drives. But, uh, you know, trying to be, you know, even kill, even, you know, level-headed as much as I can. And, you know, I know the team, my teammates rely on me. I rely on my teammates and really keeping them, uh, keeping them at bay. And I think it's, uh, it's, been, it's been a heck of a ride, and uh, I, I've enjoyed every single moment and, um, you know, looking to just finish strong. What's been the primary emphasis of growth this year if last year was that even keel mindset and even that's something you want to get better this year at? Um, I, think, uh, I think efficiency. I think, uh, I think staying on schedule and efficiency are two things that we somewhat struggled with last year in the bigger games where 
Um, you know, we felt we, we got in second and long, third and long situations. We had really no no chance of succeeding. Um, so I think that that's a big uh, a big push for myself and just um, you know kind of kind of staying with like a body shot, body shot, knockout mentality. And then you know when the home run opportunity presents itself, going for it. But um, before that, just you know taking what taking what the defense gives me and then you know playing off that after that usually when we talk it's during the season so there's a tunnel vision where we talk about just your team but you're a Carolina Panthers fan yes oh, a little bit I was more when I was younger sure um, but uh, I'm, I haven't really I don't really have a team anymore are you you're not excited about Baker Mayfield and all that uh, I mean I haven't really you know put too much mind to it I think uh, you know it's it's cool I'm excited for him you know you always want you know quarterbacks to play well and see guys succeed and um, you know, you hope the best for him. He's obviously a great player. So, I mean, I, I, I haven't really paid too much attention to it. Sam Hartman's with us here. One last thing I wanted to talk to you about, your, your wide receiver group. Because I remember we were sitting here last year, and that's when we learned that Donovan Green wasn't going to be with you guys um, last season due to injury. A lot of people were talking about what you might have lost. I'm a Bolitnikoff voter. I know how great Shaquari Roberson is, and I watch A.T. Perry day-to-day. You get A.T. back, and now you got Donovan Green, who's really been – a buzzword type of guy around the building today. What? How does Kevin Higgins transform these guys in that wide receiver group from when you see them walk on campus to what they turn into years down the line on the field? Um, I think, I mean, obviously first, you know, knows, sees talent and knows how to recognize it, and then he sticks with them. I think uh, Wake Forest's biggest, you know, attribute is its commitment to its players. Um, I think Coach Clawson does such a great job of, um, staying committed to you know who who he recruits and you know not going looking out for the next big thing and uh, looking in the transfer portal and um, I mean I think it's a it's a testament to Wake Forest a testament to the guys we recruit that they stick to it like A.T. Perry didn't play for his first two years 95% of the people now in that position leave and go try and chase something else um, but he stuck it out and he weathered the storm and obviously it paid off and the, even you know Taylor Marin's the same way. You know, Donovan Green's the same way. You get hurt. You th- AT has a great year. Usually most guys are looking, and he hasn't looked, you know, once. He's, he's been fully committed to us, and he's working really hard. And um, Jamal Banks is the same thing, another up-and-coming guy that's going to be a star one day, and he just has to sit and wait. But, um, you know, you see the process and you see the progress. That all it takes is one year. Um, so I, I've, I've enjoyed it. And, you know, Coach Higgins, is, his testament is his character and, and um, what he does off the field as well. So it's, it's been uh, very cool to be a part of that kind of legacy he's built. We're being joined by Tommy Shelby. I mean, Sam Hartman, who's here with us. What inspired that look? I love Peaky Blinders. It's been probably the only show I've watched all the way through in probably two, three years. Um, you know, it's. I felt like it was my last one. I could, you know, maybe do something a little special, and um, you know, hopefully people get the reference. Probably one of the few people I have today. So DJ Uyunglele stopped me when you were walking by. He goes, "Oh snap! It's Peaky Blinders." Hey, there we go. Guy, that guy's got a little bit more swag than I do, so I'm trying to catch up to him. He's got the chain and everything, so but it'll be all right. Try to have fun today. Thanks for yes, doing sir. this, Sam. Thank you so much. Sam Hartman. It is a strong look. Darren Vaught, if you had to go to an event like this and you were one of the players, one of the people that were being featured and you're meeting with the media and you're on TV and there are photo shoots, and you wanted to pay tribute to a TV character. Gosh, this would have been a great unusual yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. It really would have been. <laughs> you want to pay tribute to a TV character. I know I know. WD would be showing up with his lightsaber and cool. all that. He might be in like a, a full, full Jedi robe. There you go. Darren's got it.
One of these, I'm surprised someone hasn't done that yet. Showed up like a quarterback, dressed like a Jedi. All right, but imagine the scenario of like you're you're one of two or three players and you're caravanning to this thing with your head coach <laughs> and head media relations person. Most of these how people got here the night before. How many coaches? They don't know. They don't know what's packed in your suitcase. No, they don't. But also, you're walking from wherever your hotel room is in this same building. You got to like John there's Simpson a, there's was a, a Clemson O lineman a few years ago who walked around Radio Row wearing a, a wig mimicking Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, but he was also still in a suit and tie. Okay. I think that there's a reveal moment at some point. Your coach has to see what you're wearing, and if that <laughs> happens to be a Jedi robe, okay, what if you are the it's coach? not going to go well for you. If what? I was the coach, What's I'd let them wear whatever. If, no, I'm saying you're dressing up. Coaches dress up too. What if the coach wants to be a Jedi? All right, well, yeah, then that opens up the door for the players to be anything they want. Okay, that's what Will Dalton would Sounds do. Sounds like a damn good time to me. I, I agree. I wish I, want to I wish Darren. more than anything, I wish Pat Narduzzi would show up here dressed as a Star Wars character. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what TV character I'd like to pay homage to the way let's that treat Hartman it. Let's, did. Let's, make a, let's turn ACC kickoff into like a, <laughs> a – uh, let's turn it into a Halloween Right? Just yeah. dress up as whatever the hell you want. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. What TV shows do I like enough to pay homage to it with the way that Hartman decided to do with Peaky Blinders yesterday? I think I would maybe try to pull off, you know, in Saved by the Bell, whenever Zach Morris would dress up, he'd roll up the sleeves of his jacket. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'd, and I'd, you'd wear like some 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 fresh solid white sneakers <laughs> with with faded jeans, a t-shirt underneath, and then the the rolled up rolled up sleeves on the jacket. I, I think I would it. do that. I, I I can see it. I think Josh should come as a meatball uh, from the Bachelorette. Just I don't dump. think he's noteworthy enough. Well, yeah, who? Meatball. Yeah. There's a guy who just put. W- Will Dalton is just getting involved on the. Uh, Bachelorette. Yeah, he's getting schooled he can, up. He, I can, bet. he yeah. can only remember the name of one character, so he keeps bringing. No, I remember turned up. So it's Meatball. It's all. It's all about Meatball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. But I appreciate your enthusiasm. You're, you, we're gonna watch he's more. Trying, yeah, yeah, we're gonna watch more. I genuinely like it. Yeah, to try. Yes, yes. And next week, we'll continue to hang out, and we'll get you fully initiated in the proceedings. That's what we have planned. That's what we have in store. Man, very excited. What was your – since this is the last year of divisions, when, you, when you're going to remember the Coastal Division, when you tell your grandkids about the Coastal Division, what are you going to tell them? I think it's got the, – the story's got to be about the chaos, right? Coastal the, chaos. The streak of so many different champions. What was it, sev- yeah. seven in a row? Yeah, well, no, 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 here's the thing. There's only seven teams in the Coastal, but there were eight different champions in eight years. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Because Notre Dame was <laughs> yes. in the Coastal for right, one that's year. That's the storybook. The Coastal chaos, that's what we tell decades from now. Listen to your grandkids. Let me tell you about 2013. Yeah. Duke and Anthony Boom. <laughs> <laughs>